Hi, everyone. Welcome in to the BT Powerhouse podcast. This is our 80th podcast. It, we are live on Tuesday night, October 4th. Uh, really getting the podcast in here uh, a lot over the last few days. It's our second one this week. Um, a lot of fun. We, we have an interesting team here. Maybe not as talked about as some of the other units out there, but the Wildcats figure to be a, a real player in the, the Big Ten this year. Um, and certainly an upset potential team, um, meaning they could upset some other teams. So it, it should be interesting. Uh, as I mentioned, my name is Thomas Bendit. I am the host, as always, of the BT Powerhouse podcast. I am the BTP, uh, BTP excuse me, uh, manager as well. We got a lot of great content coming up here over the last couple of weeks. Plenty more to come. Uh, but exciting topic today. I mentioned... Uh, the Wildcats here, and we we have a great a great guest on uh, Jason Doro. He, uh, he used to write for BTP, also wrote for Inside NU, which is SB Nation's Northwestern site. Um, they do a lot of great work over there. If you're interested in the Wildcats um, or or just Big Ten in general, you know they have they have a lot of quality stuff over there. I definitely check them out from time to time. Um, so we'll have him on to break down Northwestern, but uh before he gets on uh one one thing i you know just a general uh you know some general thoughts coming into the season i guess uh like to start that way you know this is a a really interesting season for northwestern i don't think this is a make or break year by any means i don't think this is a season that uh can really you know turn the program too much one way or the other but it's definitely an important season for Chris Collins. Um, you know, if he's ever going to make a mark in Evanston or, or anything like that, um, this is a year he, he's really got to, uh, he's got to make some noise. Um, <laughs> that's for sure. You know, it's, it's easy to, to talk about recruiting. It's easy to talk about, uh, you know, this and that. Um, but at, at some point, you know, you, you gotta you gotta start stringing together some wins. You have to uh, you have to get some postseason bids. That's for sure. You know, even an NIT bid, I think, would go a long way uh, for the Wildcats this year. But you gotta you gotta start getting more than just you know some recruiting, some general excitement among the fan base. Uh, you know, you you have to do more. And I I think this is a year where one way or the other, it's going to sort of set the tone for what I think is a make or break year for him in 2017, 18. I know it's really, you know, it's a little early talking about uh, hot seat stuff for next season, but that's kind of how I see, you know, things spinning uh, for Northwestern. You know, it's, it's really easy to, to sit here and think things are going to continue to trend up. Um, but you know, you need to see some marks this year. You really do. And I, and I think conversely, um, if, if they do show some success, I, I think he's going to buy himself a lot more time. You know, obviously Northwestern is not a program that is expecting a ton, <laughs> I guess, to put it, to put it nicely. But uh, I, I think if you can make the NIT, if you can make some noise, pull off some upsets, um, I think you do buy yourself some time and, He'll, he'll buy a lot of positive energy in that program and a lot of positive energy uh, just across the board um, for the Wildcats. But 
with that, um, excited to dive into the roster here. Uh, we're, we're still waiting on Jason to, uh, to join us. Um, could be another minute or two. Always, always the fun of a live show, I guess, uh, <laughs> we would say, which is, you know, it's good, bad. You, you get some great commentary, but, uh, do have to wait sometimes for the, the guests to join us here. Um, but, but, you know, I'll, I'll start joining into the, uh, the old roster here as far as, uh, you know, expectations. Um, and I, I definitely would like to start with last year. That's how I always like to start the podcast here, or at least the season preview stuff, just because, you know, last year is going to tell you, um, so much about what to expect necessarily, uh, from this year. And, uh, you know, it's, it's how, uh, you know, it's, I guess it's, it's how it works, you know, necessarily, um, you know, for better or worse. And I think, uh, you know, it's, it's an interesting, uh, <laughs> it's an interesting dynamic. Um, uh, sorry for our Facebook live viewers had to, had to jump out here for a second. Um, trying to text with Jason here to get him on, <laughs> get him on the podcast. Uh, as I said, you know, this is a, a very, uh, well done podcast and we definitely don't have any errors or, uh, any, any problems. uh, but yeah, let's jump into last year a little bit here, you know, Northwestern, they jump out to a 13 and one start. They jump out to a one and oh record in the big 10 overall, they jump out to a 15 and three start. Um, they beat Wisconsin, which ends up being a pretty good Wisconsin team. They don't look that good at the time referring to the Badgers, uh, so at the height, Northwestern is sitting at 15 and three. They're three and two in the Big Ten. They got some nice solid wins, and then the wheels kind of come off. And that's not to say you know they were they were terrible down the stretch or anything, but you know they end up at 20 and 12. Uh, they they lose in the first round of the the Big Ten tournament. They lose to Michigan in overtime. Um, they go eight and 10 in big 10 play. They don't make the NIT, you know, they certainly don't make the NCAA tournament. And a lot of people, uh, are going to sit back and say, you know, wow, uh, they still, they still put up 20 wins though. You know, that's, that's a nice number. Um, we should be impressed with that. However, it's a very, very flawed, um, 20 wins. Um, and, and there's a lot of reasons to go into that, but it looks like we finally have Jason, um, so we'll get him on here and get get his thoughts. Jason, how's it going? Good, glad to be on. How are you guys doing? Doing well, doing well. Happy to happy to finally get the the technical side figured out. Um, we got you on the podcast. We got you on our our Facebook live feed. So so it's hoping to have a lot of fun here tonight. <laughs> awesome, yeah. It's becoming an annual thing, I guess. Uh, a little bit yeah. from the Northwestern preview. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, the growing tradition, and uh, looking to keep it. <laughs> Keep it going. Um, I, I just started out talking kind of about the, the general expectations, and, and I, I was hitting on last year quickly before we get into to this season. Mm-hmm. I was talking about, you know, the team, they get out to that hot start. They get to 15-3 and three at one point. Um, they ultimately get, you know, that fancy 20-win number um, in the win column, but really kind of a soft 20 wins. Um, oh, yeah. What are you what are your thoughts on last year? Uh, how soft were those 20 wins, I guess? And uh, what what can the team take from last year into this season? 
I think Chris Collins kind of got what he lined up with the schedule that he put together. They wanted to get 20 wins. They wanted to try to kind of sneak into that NIT. Um, but, of course, that strength of schedule wasn't there. I think the craziest part about last year is you look at both the non-con and the conference schedule, you literally can't find the game that was like an upset where they topped a team that was significantly better than them or a game that they just blew against lesser competition. Maybe you can make an exception for uh, lots at home against Penn State, but really there weren't any games last year that were really out of the ordinary. You got exactly what you expected night in and night out. Overall, maybe they grew a little bit. I think in Alex Ola and Trey Denver final season, they were hoping for a little bit more and make it into postseason play. play. It's just uh, the curtain weren't there. The curtain weren't there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, it's uh, um, you know, they get a win over Virginia Tech on the road, which is which is certainly a nice win. They they beat Wisconsin when Wisconsin wasn't really that great, uh, which is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But they, mm-hmm. the Badgers kind of had an up and down season, and um, yeah, the loss to Penn State. But outside of that, it's you know they beat they beat the crappy teams. They lost to the good teams. You know, to, I know that's a very simple analysis, but um, it's kind of how it ended up, uh, which is which is kind of interesting uh, coming into this year. Um, but with that, you know, we are previewing that this season and, and what's going on. Um, what what are kind of the thoughts? What are kind of the general? You know, what's a general Wildcat fan thinking um, as they come into the fall here, and and how high I guess our hopes and expectations. Not to look too far ahead, but the average fan is kind of two or three years in the future because we just lost Olan Dems, as I just mentioned, their final season. They were two guys who were integral to this program. And you have not the best senior class here in Sanjay Lumpkin and uh, Nate Taphorn. They're, they're both fine players, guys who will contribute in the front court, but they don't match what Dems and Ola can provide on the court. At the same time, you have another good recruiting class. Barrett Benson should be good inside. He and Derek Parton are going to split time at the center, it looks like. So a lot of young talent that Chris Collins has to work with. But the general consensus is that this isn't that season where they break into the NCAA tournament. Maybe they beat expectations and make it to the NIT. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Um yeah, certainly. I'm I'm on the same page as far as expectations. I I think this is a year where uh, next year is the make or break year uh, for Collins and the Wildcats, and I certainly want to want to hit on that a little later. Uh, but as far as that transition from last year to this year, you know, you talked about some of the losses. You talked about Alex Ola. You talked about Dems. Um, however, you know, outside of those two, there there isn't a lot to parting. But you know, those two are certainly big players. Uh, first, you know. Who's going to be the hardest to replace, um, and, and how do you think it, it impacts this year's team? It's a good question. I'm, out, I'm pretty torn between Ola and Dems because I haven't watched a Northwestern team without either of them. Granted, I didn't follow this team really before arriving in Evanston. Um, but Alex Ola, he's always averaged in double figures, at least for the last couple of seasons. And they don't have anyone anywhere near his size. He was seven foot two seventy, and now your center is going to be either a six nine Derek Parton, who's still trying to become the player that's big and physical enough to actually body up with centers in the Big Ten, or Barrett Benson, who's 
even smaller than him and just a freshman. So I think they're going to have some trouble inside trying to replace Ola. As, at the same time, there isn't a true really two-guard on this team, or at least one that we've seen play a lot. Jordan Ash came in last year, and we played not even seven minutes at night. Um, of course, Trey Demps was starting at shooting guard, but they don't have someone you can slot in right now and say, this is their two-guard. Maybe Scotty Lindsay has to kind of fill that role, and Vic Law will play the three. They're going to have some trouble, though, trying to figure that out. The one X factor would be Isaiah Brown, a freshman out of Washington who didn't play in a very competitive high school league, but he dropped like 30, 40 points a night. It's just ridiculous scoring numbers. He's tiny at six foot two, one seventy five, more of a point guard body. Um, but if Chris Collins can find a way to fit him in next to Bryant McIntosh, I'm sure he will. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's definitely going to be an interesting guy to watch. I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, yeah, I, I I kind of agree. You know, as good as Ola was, I, I think he's actually the easier one to replace, as weird as that sounds, um, just because I, I think there's a lot. I like the options behind him, I guess I would say, a little bit <laughs> better. Um, but both will certainly be notable losses, and it'll be interesting to see who can replace him. Um, but, of course, you know, with guys out the door, there are guys coming in the door, um, Northwestern brings in what looks like a, a solid recruiting class. You know, there's, there's certainly, you know, there's not a five-star guy here, which is probably typical of a Northwestern class. Um, but a couple interesting prospects. And uh, notably, you know, Benson's a guy who blew up on the Big Ten recruiting scene, um, you know, had a bunch of Big Ten offers. He ultimately chooses the Wildcats. Um, what do you make of this recruiting class? Who can make the biggest impact from day one? Um, and I guess just what are your thoughts on these guys? Well, I think Benson is the name you have to know. Um, I think later in his high school career, his uh, numbers kind of dropped as far as where he was in the recruiting rankings. But there were a lot of Power 5 schools that were looking at him. He's number five player in the state of Illinois. And before Chris Collins came in, this is the exact type of recruit that Northwestern fans just don't expect to bring into Evanston. He was the best center in the state of Illinois, played in the Chicago area, and Collins went out and got him. And he's going to definitely play some minutes right away. We'll have to see what the split is between him and Derek Pardon. I definitely expect more Pardon than Benson, but they'll get Benson out there. After him, you have two big question marks. Rapolis even now is just a small forward out of Barrington who, uh, based off 24-7's rankings is actually a little bit higher nationally than Barrett Benson. Uh, but there's a lot of talent on the wing in that three spot with Lindsay and Law, two guys who have already kind of solidified themselves in the rotation. And I mentioned Isaiah Brown earlier. Um, I just looked it up. He averaged just a hair below 34 points per game in high school led the state of Washington. But like I mentioned, the league or class that he was in may not have been the highest out there. Um, so his numbers ballooned. Uh, it's hard to say if Brown's going to play that much because he's a point guard body, 6'1", 6'2", weighs like 170, and you already have Brian McIntosh. So I think the recruiting class is, overall is something that Chris Collins can still be proud of. He got some good players in here, some highly ranked players, at least for Northwestern standing. And Barrett Benson is someone that you just don't see Northwestern go out and get you. 
Yeah, I'm with you on Benson. I just, I, I think a lot of people, you know, at least from the national scene, so to speak, um, you know, view a three-star status and they think, oh, it's just a generic, you know, recruit, generic Big Ten guy, not going to do much. But you look at his offer sheet, that is not a three-star offer sheet. I, I don't care what anyone says. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think um, – yeah, I mean, I, I got it up here. You know, he has uh, you know, um, offers from Iowa, Indiana, um, looks like Purdue, at what Penn State, USC, um, at least. Uh, if, if yeah, yeah. So I mean, that that's a you get an offer from Indiana and Purdue, and uh, you know, in Big Ten country, that means a lot. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, to to commit to Northwestern over those guys, you know, is certainly notable. I think he's the guy the guy to watch. I don't know. Um, I will say I, I think his ceiling could be a little bit lower than um, you know Browns or uh, um, some of the other guys, but uh, I, I think he's ready to play. I think he'll be a nice backup behind Parting, and I think that could be a. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to say you know one of the better front courts in the Big Ten just because there's some pretty good front courts, but I think. Uh, I think it could be a surprisingly good front court um, just with that duo um, and, and some of the shooting guys and wings alongside them. But, uh, but with that, um, let's, let's jump into this roster. You know, we got an idea here on uh, how the team performed last year, expectations, guys out, guys in. Um, let's start with the backcourt. Uh, obviously, if there's one guy to know in the backcourt and really for this team, it's Brian McIntosh. Um mm-hmm. Definitely uh, was the quote unquote the guy last year for Northwestern. <laughs> um, but you know, you mentioned Ash, you mentioned Brown. Um, there are some other guys alongside him. Uh, what do you make of this backcourt group? And uh, I guess how good can McIntosh be? And can anyone step up around him? I guess that second question is the big one: is who's going to play the two? I think it's going to be Scotty Lindsay. To focus on McIntosh first, though. Uh, he's going to play 35 minutes a night or something of that nature. He played almost 36 last year, 33 his freshman year. He is the guy, like you like you said. Last year they had him, Olan, Dems. They were the big three. Now McIntosh is probably the one known quantity, and Vic Law is his number two, Batman and Robin, if you will. Uh, the only challenge really for McIntosh is the shooting numbers didn't really increase as – Chris Collins and the Wildcats might have hoped last year. He shot 42% from the field, 33 or 36% from deep. Um, and they'd like to see a little bit better of him. He still averaged almost seven assists per game and dropped almost 14 a night. Didn't turn the ball over a whole lot. Uh, but he needs to be a little bit better on the defensive end. He's grown into more of a, a bigger body, as they'd hoped, so he can play against Big Ten point guards. He got beat up. And Big Ten play his freshman year. Looked better in that capacity last season. So, Brian McIntosh is the guy at point guard. Who plays next to him? I think it's mostly Scotty Lindsay. I think they're going to go big a lot with Lindsay, who is like six foot six. They listen to six five, actually, six five, two ten. Junior, who didn't play a ton last season, he's shown a great jump shot. He's got great range, uh, pretty consistent on the three ball. But like McIntosh, has some room to grow on the defensive end. Played almost 20 minutes a game last year, six points a night. Um, so his game needs some rounding out. The issue 
there is that you don't have much behind them, like you said. Isaiah Brown, Jordan Ash, we don't know what we're getting, and they're both pretty undersized to be a two. Uh, Trey Demps was a similar height. He was like 6'3", 6'4", but a stronger, bigger body than what Ash or Brown could provide a two. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Uh, I actually kind of like Ash in that in that second spot there. I, I certainly wouldn't be shocked at all if it, if it's Lindsey. Um, I think Ash is a guy who he needed to add a little size. He needed a little more experience. Um, I think he needs to be a little more physical, I guess, when he, when he drives inside. And mm-hmm. uh, he's not necessarily you know a lights out shooter. So I I think he needs that part of his game to get a little bit better. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if they can find anybody out on Longside Macintosh, this looks like a pretty good group. And, you know, certainly if, if you know, a Jordan Ash or a Lindsey can lock down that second spot um, and then, you know, Brown turns out to be a nice freshman, uh, this could be one of the better big backcourts in the Big Ten. Um, I'm trying to remember where we had Macintosh on our uh, BT Powerhouse player rankings. I believe he was in the I top. I'm in at 13. Okay, well, 13. There you go. Um, I feel like I should know that, but, uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah. before I came on the podcast, they're a little strong, you know? Oh, nice. Nice. Doing, doing the homework, doing the homework. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I think it could be one of the better backcourt. Yeah. I just uh, have, it's, yeah. Hard. It's, it's just oh, hard to say with, uh, just to tack on to what you were saying, Jordan Ash, we never we saw him play double digit double digit minutes twice in Big Ten play last season. Uh, like you said, I think he has a good ceiling potential, especially if he gains some size and becomes more physical on the defensive end. But I think he has that on Lindsay. He's probably a better defender than Lindsay is, but doesn't have the range offensively or the offensive skill set, uh, but potential to grow into a good two guard. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd agree there. And, and I think one other thing, um, I didn't realize this in, until uh, um, we actually did the player rate rankings for this year, um, but my gosh, did McIntosh drop off a ton from three in conference play. Um, he shot 36.6% overall, and against Big Ten opponents, it dropped to 27.6, which is clearly, um, yeah, not that great. Uh, so I mean, he got banged um, up. He got yeah, and I mean, battered by Big Ten. Yeah, and I mean, oh yeah, and I mean his numbers held up well as a freshman. So I think it's uh it's interesting, you know, something to watch. And his minutes played were were really extreme last year. So I I think having a guy off the bench to kind of alleviate a little bit of that pressure can help a lot. Um, or who knows, you know, maybe he conditioned a little bit more and and he can handle that. Uh, you know, during conference play, I, I have it up right here. Ninety point two percent of minutes he played for Northwestern, which is just insane. <laughs> yeah, third most in the conference. So I mean, uh, as a percentage of you know team minutes. Uh, so I, I I think that'll be something in the backcourt to watch heading into this year. Um, but with I that, why don't we jump on? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but jumping onto the wing here. Um, you know, you met, you mentioned Sanjay Lumpkin, um, potentially Vic law will be back. Uh, Falzone had a, a nice freshman season. Um, what do you make of the wings and, and who are the guys to watch? I really like this group and 
the guys that I mentioned here are going to flip between two, three, and four. Shooting guard, small forward, and power forward because Collins is going to work with some weird groups, and that's just how it's going to be. Vic Law has the handle and the athleticism to play the two, the three, or the four. He can do any of the above. Aaron Falzone is going to be a three or a four. Sanjay Lump could be, could be a three or a four. Um, and that's especially because they're also undersized at center with Fenty Harden. I'm really excited to see what Vic Law and Aaron Falzone present. Uh, Law is coming off. I forget what the injury was exactly. I'm pretty sure it was a shoulder injury. Missed all of last season. He was a lot of fun to watch though his freshman year. A guy who has just so much athleticism. Probably the highest rated recruit that Northwestern has ever got. It's definitely the best recruit that Chris Collins ever got at Northwestern. He was ranked in the top eighty five or so in ESPN's recruiting class a couple of years ago. He can play both ends, he can guard just about anybody from the two to the four. Shot blocker, good defender. Uh, leaps at the rim, and he even developed a pretty good outside shot during conference play during his freshman year. So I think eventually he's going to be the full package. Like McIntosh, again, needed more size, and it looks like he'll have that this year. Falzone is the kind of similar deal. Not as good on the defensive end, but we saw against Big Ten forwards, especially if Falzone was ever stuck at the four, uh, he couldn't match up with him in the post. However, he's probably the best shooter on this team. They have him to shoot a whole lot of threes last season. He shot 35% from deep, 38% from the floor. We saw his offensive game take strides as the season went on. He got better uh, in the floater game, driving and scoring, kissing it off the glass, whatever it took once he got within 10, 15 feet. So Falzone and Law probably play a lot at the three and the four, and so does Sanjay Lumpkin. Uh, you can maybe describe Lumpkin a little bit more, too, but he's a known capacity in that offensively doesn't bring a whole lot. Defensively, he's the hustle guy. He's a team captain. Chris Collins loves to talk about Sanjay Lumpkin, how he cleans the glass. He can guard bigger guys in the Big Ten play. Like, they're going to stick him on. <laughs> a lot of power forwards, whoever they get stuck with, say, like a Caleb Swanigan. That's who Sanjay Lumpkin is going to be on. Yeah, Lumpkin is your classic uh, five-year guy who just mm-hmm. he, he's like he does all the the things that are nice stuff and like people love to talk about. But um, yeah, he he's kind of is what he is. I mean, he's a nice defensive player. He can rebound, and that's about it. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a nice boost to the team. Great off the bench. Um, but yeah, I, I think the guys to watch are Falzone and Law. Um, I'm, I'm not totally sure what to expect out of Law. I don't think anyone is, given that he missed all last year with injury. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, based on his freshman year and his recruiting rankings, you, you think he's going to be a significant player on this team. You would figure he could lock down a starting spot. Um, Falzone, I, I definitely think will start. Um, and between those two guys. I think the wing group is where Northwestern's going to rely on for production. And I think, uh, it, you know, if, if Law is legit and he can build off of what he was as a freshman, uh, this this team could actually be pretty good. Uh, so I, I think he's the, the wild card to watch uh, heading into this year. Um, but, but with that, jumping to the front court here, uh, we already talked a lot about it a little bit. Um, 
yeah. really just uh, two guys to watch. Um, what do you make of the front court? Uh, Derek Pardon, Barrett Benson. I think we're like right about Benson in that he's ready for college play right away. He's already got the right body for it. You know, he's got skill sets on both the defensive and offensive ends where he can contribute right away as a freshman. Derek Pardon, I still think, is the center, though. We saw him jump into conference play after Alex Olaf went down. His first game was against Nebraska. And he went out there and absolutely just tore it up. We have to pull up the game log. He ended up averaging six and four per game last season. Of course, he didn't get a whole lot of minutes when Alex Olaf was in. But he had 28 and 12 in that Nebraska game, 11 of 14 through the field. This is a guy who has a great knack for grabbing offensive forwards. Uh, something that Alex Olaf maybe didn't have. I also think he was really good in the pick-and-roll game with Bryant McIntosh. They seem to be in a rhythm in sync all the time. Eventually, defenses would adjust and guard him a little bit better. He doesn't have range or anything. He's not pulling the fenders out 15 feet from the hoop, but he can finish around the rim, and he worked well in the offensive uh, framework with McIntosh. I think a little bit more part in than Benson uh, when we get into the thick of the season. Yeah, I, I just want to take a second to acknowledge this Nebraska game by Pardon because I remember it happening and being like, that is no way going to happen again. And it was no, just so, okay. He played 29 minutes. He scores 28 points. So basically a point a minute. Uh, he has 12 rebounds, uh, a block, a steal. He not only didn't he ever score 28 points again, he never even scored. Tw- he never even scored 15 points in a game the rest of the year. Yeah. And he had, let's see. Um, uh, one, two, he also only played 20 minutes in a couple more games, but uh, yeah, he didn't yeah. come close to that 28. <laughs> I believe, unless I'm counting wrong here, his last 12 games he never had 10 in a single game, and yeah. that also includes a game against Nebraska at home. Uh, so he scores 28 points in a road game at Nebraska. And it's just the greatest. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I think he's he's going to be the starter. Um, I think his minute split will be relatively close to Benson. I think they're going to split a lot of time. Um, but I, I do think in the, the money time and, and the starting tip-off, uh, it will be pardon. Um, I don't necessarily expect a ton out of this group, but I think it'll uh, – It'll be a group that grows over the season. You know, both guys are young. They're underclassmen. And uh, this will be the group that if Northwestern's ultimately going to reach the, the dreams, it'll be uh, next year or the year after that where, where this group carries the team, so to speak. Um, but, but with that, uh, let's step back real quick um, and get kind of an overall view of the team here. Uh, let's start with – we already went through this, um, but what if, if you had to guess right now your starting five for opening tip-off, um, who are you picking for the Wildcats from point guard to center? Uh, I'm curious to hear who you have here after running to the backcourt, frontcourt, and center. Um, but I got McIntosh definitely starting at point guard. I think that's coming dry. The shooting guard might rotate a little bit, but I think we see Scotty Lindsay mostly at the two, Vic Law three, Sanjay Lumpkin four, and then Derek Parnett at the five with the first guys off the bench, uh, probably fell zone and Barrett Benson. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, mine's pretty close. Um, 
I definitely have Macintosh at the one. I definitely have uh, uh, Law at the three and um, Harden at the five. Um, but I do think uh, Ash is going to beat out uh, – I don't know if, if he'll necessarily beat out. You know, maybe I'll lean Lindsay to start, but I think Ash will get the most minutes in the backcourt, if that makes sense, okay. um, between, between the two. Um, maybe that's a, a way for me to cheat into, <laughs> into pick and bowl. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I think Falzone will start at the four, though. Um, to me, I, I think he's a has higher upside. And um, if Lumpkin does start at the beginning, I, I do think he will be passed up. I just think Falzone's upside is so much higher um, than Lumpkin. Maybe I'm just a little bit, a little too low on Lumpkin, but uh, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I definitely agree that oh, the, the upside's definitely there for Falzone. I don't know how much progress he made in the offseason, right? I guess none of us really know. Um, based yeah. on last season, I definitely expect more minutes from Lumpkin. Uh, but who really knows? And I really hope that at some point this season, Chris Collins runs out of Macintosh, Law, Falzone, Lumpkin, Harden or Benson lineup because I think that'd be fun to watch. You got so much size, and Vic Watson guarded too. He definitely can. He's got the quickness, even though he's six foot seven. He's got good feet. Uh, Falzone can guard the three, and Lunkin can guard the four, and they'll be just fine, I think, in that uh, with that set. Yeah, that would be interesting, and I think that might give him a uh, a unique uh, matchup for. You know, maybe some of the bigger teams they face or maybe some of the smaller teams they face. Mm-hmm. Um, I on how they want to use it, but uh, something to watch. Uh, but with kind of the, the roster and the, and the lineup here in the rearview mirror, um, let's get into some of the fun stuff. Uh, let's start with the schedule. Um, I, I believe we talked about it last year, but I was one of the biggest critics out there of Northwestern's non-conference schedule. Um, it was a disaster and it was terrible, and I will not respect any other opinions. Um, <laughs> but, but um, it does look better this year. Uh, I, I still think it's pretty weak. Uh, I think it's pretty soft, but it is much tougher than it was last year where it was basically, what, two games and then hot garbage. Um, uh, what, what do you make of this year? Uh, what games are you circling? You know, at least for me, I'm looking at those Dayton and Texas games um, and, and the Butler game as well, I guess. Uh, what games pop out to you? And uh, how do you think Northwestern will perform in the non-conference slate? What's fun here is we can circle multiple games, uh, like you said here, that we'll want to watch. Butler, I think, will be good in Indianapolis, November 16th. Texas and Notre Dame, the Legends Classic, or Notre Dame or Colorado, I should say, depending on what happens in the first round of that tournament. Those will be the real tests. Wake Forest, I think, will be interesting, too, even though, like Virginia Tech, not the best ACC team to have in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Dayton, too. That's a game that will be played at the United Center December 17th. So we got four or five games here against teams that are not stellar competition, but competitive teams that might make a run of NCAA tournament play. And so I think in November, December, we'll have an actual idea of what this team will be this season, unlike last year where you just had the Mizzou and North Carolina games to look at and Vautech, and that was about it. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Uh, you know, last year's I, I'm not going to, you know, rant about how, how terrible that schedule <laughs> was, but 
yeah, I mean, there are games and, you know, what, what's good about it too is, um, as I said, you know, I'm, I don't think the schedule's great, but it's a big step forward. Um, but, you know, you kind of, you do have some range in there. Um, and what I mean is like Texas looks like they are probably going to be a top tier team this year. You know, maybe not title contender, but you know, certainly an NCAA tournament team. And, uh, you know, Notre Dame and or Colorado could both be solid teams. Butler should be solid. Um, but then you have, you know, Wake Forest and DePaul, who are probably the next tier down, um, but are still competent enough to where that'll probably be a real game. Well, maybe not DePaul, but uh, Wake Forest at least. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, Dayton, Dayton's been tearing it up. I don't know if they can continue what they've been doing uh, the last few years, but certainly a, a notable game. But, uh, but with that, uh, for the Big Ten schedule, you know, generally speaking, I, I think everyone kind of knows what to expect out of these. Uh, you know, everybody has to play everybody at least once, so there, there can't be too much variation. Uh, was there anything that popped out to you about the Big Ten slate, any, any games you're circling, and uh, what should fans expect? Um, I haven't pulled up here. I haven't really broken it down, or at least not since it was released. <laughs> I'm trying to bring it all back to me. Um, one, yeah. one note from last year that I do want to bring up is they did go 8-10 and 10 in conference last year, but like the non-conference schedule, it was a pretty weak 8-10. and 10. Uh, Like I said, they beat all the teams we expected them to beat and lost to the teams that they weren't supposed to beat. So they beat Rutgers, Penn State, Nebraska, Illinois, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Minnesota again, and then Nebraska. Uh, so last year they were kind of handed a schedule in the Big Ten where they could grab eight wins and it wouldn't be too difficult. And I remember looking at this year, it's not the same thing. Uh, a lot of the guys that I'm talking to, they cover the team here as well, were throwing numbers between six and nine wins depending on what they thought about this team and how they progress. Uh, during the off season, and nine was yeah, I mean, on the high side. Most people were saying six or seven. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, the only thing I'd say that pops out to me about the Big Ten schedule for Northwestern, at least personally, is uh, the home schedule is loaded, uh, which is good and bad. Um, there are going to be a lot of shots at big wins, and uh, and what I mean by that is you're playing Iowa, Indiana, Maryland, Michigan, Purdue, all at home. Um, you do get Rutgers, mm-hmm. Nebraska, Minnesota, but um, it's a pretty loaded home schedule. Uh, you have a pretty tough road schedule as well. You know, Indiana, um, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Purdue, uh, so I Michigan State. You know, it's going to be a challenging schedule, I think, which is kind of true for everyone. Um, but I, I think this is a pretty tough schedule. But it's also, you know, there are going to be a lot of opportunities, especially with the games coming at home. Uh, so it'll be. Interesting to watch, uh, I guess, for the Wildcats, at least for me. Um, but with that, let, let's get into the uh, the fun part here, the part everybody likes, and that's uh, season predictions. Um, you don't have to give an exact record, but what do you, what do you kind of expect them to be around as, as far as wins go? Um, how are they going to perform in the Big Ten? And uh, if, do they make a postseason tournament? And if they do, uh, which one do they make? always hard to do these before you even can play a second of basketball, but I remember when I looked at the schedule the first time, I said 
seven conference wins, and I want to say either 10 or 11 in the non-con. There's probably 10 uh, because both those games in the Legends Classic are looking like toughies, and Butler and Dayton definitely aren't going to be handed to them either. So I think 17 wins is a pretty good mark, and I think that mark is pretty equivalent to what they did last year considering how the schedule flipped on them a little bit. Uh, both the non-con and conference schedule. So with that record, I don't think they're in the NIT or the NCAA tournament. And then I think Chris Collins turns to next season and says, this is the year where we got to do it, even though they'll be playing at Allstate Arena, uh, which is a good 30, 40 minutes west of this. But <laughs> I think you're going to see a different record for Northwestern this season, but a pretty similar level of play. I'm I'm kind of with you. I, I think this team's going to be about what it was last year. Um, I I think they're certainly going to struggle more in non-conference play. I'll say that that much. Uh, at least in the win-loss record. Um, but uh, I uh, I expect them to. I have them. You know, this is my early Big Ten predictions. I likely will change these a little bit before the season. I had them ninth. I had them ahead of Illinois, which I'm sure is welcome news to Wildcat fans. Uh, but behind Ohio State. And I think this team will be all right. I think if, if they get the right wins at the right time, um, if the Big Ten is, is good enough this year, uh, they can slide into the NIT. Um, but I, I think they're going to probably be on the short end of that stick. And ultimately, I, I think 2017-18 is a year for Northwestern. Uh, good or bad, you're going to finally find out um, what to make of this Chris Collins era. And uh, – where, where the Wildcats are headed. Um, but I did, I, you know, I mentioned it earlier, um, and, and the last thing I wanted to get to here real quick uh, off of the predictions is, um, what, are you, what are your thoughts, I guess, generally on this Chris Collins era? Um, are you, are you kind of with me and you, and you think next year is the year, so to speak, for better or worse? Or um, you, you think it's a little too much pressure uh, considering, I guess, what he started with? I don't think it's the year where they have to make the NCAA tournament. It's a year where they definitely should be in the NIT. It will be the first year where it's all Chris Collins' guys. The tough part is, like I mentioned, Northwestern is going to do a full renovation of Wells Ryan Arena as soon as basketball season ends this season. They're going to break ground. That thing's getting totally redone. Go check it out. The images are actually pretty cool. Um, It'll look like a 21st century basketball arena uh, for, for the first time. Um, and they'll be playing out at Allstate Arena, which is out near O'Hare and Rosemont, to get 30, 40 minutes west of here. So that's something where you can point to and say, oh, they're out of their elements in 2017, 2018. That's why they didn't pick up the tournament. Overall, I'm sold on Chris Collins. The athletic department is definitely trusting him with his program, to Phillips. Uh, is behind Collins. They extended him not too long ago, although extension, the extension details weren't fully re- released. He's here for the long haul, in my mind, and I think eventually he gets this team to the NCAA tournament. Is it 2017, 2018? Maybe. If not, I think it's several years later. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you for the most part. I, I certainly I don't think I'm quite as high on Collins as, as you are, Um I don't think they have to make the tournament next year, but I, I think there has to be progress next year. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that, that underwhelming record and kind of the, 
I, I think your your smart fans, which I would like to think Northwestern uh, has, uh, considering they are the official nerd school of the of the Big Ten. Uh, but uh, I think um, the smart fans realized that last year's record was padded, and it was more of schedule manipulation than it was real progress necessarily. Um, I think the team was better, but you know they certainly weren't. Uh, what is, how many wins did they, they jumped five wins from 15, you know, losing record to 20 and 12. And I think that had a lot to do with just, again, raw schedule manipulation in my opinion. But uh, I think there has to be real progress. They need to make some noise in the big 10. They need to make the NIT and that's next year. I think this year probably going to be about the same. And then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see if there's progress there. Uh, but I do, I do like to end on a positive note, though. Uh, not, I don't like being depressing and, you know, talking about some of the, the bottom teams, it often ends in a uh, what direction is the program heading uh, question. So uh, give it to me. Uh, why are all the haters wrong? And why is, are all the Northwestern fans right? Why is this the year Northwestern's finally going to make the tournament? This year? Why is this year the year? If it does happen, I want, because, I want Homer Dick here. I just want you, all you want fans. All fans. <laughs> if they do make the NCAA tournament, it's because Bryant McIntosh's shooting takes a step forward. A lot of the younger guys improve defensively between him and Scotty Lindsay, especially in the backcourt. They find a legitimate two, or at least Lindsay and Ash makes in at the two, as Chris Collins would like them to, and Vic Law turns into the legit stud that he was supposed to be as a four-star recruit in ESPN's top 100. And then Derek Pardon and Barrett Benson proved to be legit villains for Alex Ola. Both of them play 15 to 25 minutes, and both of them bang with Big Ten centers, and this team gels uh, like none other, like they haven't in the last two years, and find a real offensive identity. Definitely. Well, Jason, thanks for joining us. Uh, I appreciate it. Any final thoughts here on Northwestern or the Big Ten before we let you go? I think we hit all I had to say. I just appreciate you having me on. <laughs> it was fun. Um, oh, yeah, I, for, I forgot to ask as well. Any any thoughts on uh, the big win, Northwestern football, taking down Iowa? Uh, I was there. A lot of fun to watch uh, as a Northwestern student, I guess. I think the football team will make a bowl game still. Uh, I bet a lot of Big Ten fans think I'm crazy for that one. <laughs> the, the Illinois State game. But uh, Western Michigan is one spot out of the top 25. Nebraska's top 12. So they lost to some good teams, too. And Purdue, Illinois, Minnesota, Illinois, uh, Indiana are all still on the schedule. So bowl game season is, is still in play. Yes, I, I like the optimism. Anyway, Jason, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Thanks, Thomas. Thanks. Um, again, as a reminder, everyone, that was uh, Jason Doro. He writes uh, – well, he used to write for BT Powerhouse Inside NU. Does a lot of coverage for the Wildcats. Uh, Hoops team as well, um, currently for some for some other sites. But uh, does great work. Definitely follow him on Twitter, uh, Jason Doro. And um, we definitely appreciate him coming on. Uh, my name is Thomas Bendit. You can follow me on Twitter, at TBendit. Um, definitely check out the BT Powerhouse website over the next couple of weeks a lot of great stuff on there and uh check out our facebook as well we're trying to get this facebook live thing going um 
lot of fun and uh like to see where where that thing goes but uh without uh further ado um we'll see you guys next time thanks a lot